Hello and welcome to One Life. My name is Chris. I'm the CEO of One Life. We're a health tech disruptor from Germany. And this is where we want to talk about what we're working on, why we believe in certain business practices and strategies, uh, and not so much in others, and then how we establish One Life as the disruptive force, the purpose-driven brand it is. Welcome to the show. and welcome behind the scenes. This is Chris again from One Life. And I want to talk to you about something important, something that we at One Life face. We know a lot of other companies and businesses face the same problem, same challenge. It was about a choice that we had to make right in the beginning. And pretty much every innovator in the world has to make that choice at some point um, if you really want to contribute to progress of humankind. Right? We all want to leave a mark we all want to do something that impacts the world that makes it better and we want to leave a better place than we found so for me this choice broke down to the question whether we wanted to be tech innovators or whether we wanted to be purpose innovators so you kind of have to look at both sides and see what's good what's bad why why is the world functioning for one and not the other in some aspects and then it's upside down when you look at the other way um, so first, let's look at the tech innovators. What, what they're doing is usually they start with the technology. Those are usually the people who come out of technology. So when you look at Silicon Valley innovations the last 10, 20 years, most of them started with a technology. So it's a technologist looking for a problem that the technology can solve or help to solve. So when you start with the technology and you try to look for a problem, what do you end up with? is usually you try to find a business case in which your technology adds the most value. And the most value in this case is often measured by the best, most sustainable business case, not so much by how much progress you add, you know, you, what your contribution is to the betterment of the world, but how does the business case look like? How much money can you make with the technology if you go into a specific business case versus another? And what you see is that most business cases end up to be either about convenience or efficiency. So convenience would be to make things more comfortable, to make it easier, to make it more accessible. And you see a lot of innovation happening in that spot. So when you look at new technologies, emerging technologies like artificial intelligence um, or augmented reality or any kind of platform idea that you might have or any data-driven business really, you take the technology and it's being applied to problems of convenience or problems of efficiency. So the other side would be you make things more efficient, you make them work easier, you make them more efficient, basically meaning you need less resources to get to the same outcome. If you look at AI, you will see a lot of cases are about efficiency. Now, this happens when you start with the technology and you try to find a case, you try to find a problem. Now, what happens after is that usually you get a lot of money because you make things more convenient and efficient, and there is a lot of money in doing that. The problem is that big money is in no relationship to your contribution to progress. So you have kind of little impact with your tech on the progress of humanity. You have a lot of impact on people's lives, but you're not necessarily making them any better. So that's the tech innovator. If you look at the purpose innovator, on the other hand, they start with really big problems and really big questions, like millennial problems. So they start with health, they start with poverty, they start with hunger. Uh, they want to eliminate 
biggest problems on earth. So you start with that big, big problem, turn it into a big question and try to find a solution. And very often, yes, they do find solutions. So we have lots of nonprofits out there who are actually very innovative, um, non-government agencies that do a great job at identifying solutions that we all need, but then implementing them comes usually without a great business model. And it's simply naive to believe that without business impact, without economic impact, you really add or contribute to the big progress of societies. Why? Because there is something in corporations that drives the whole world, that gives them so much power, that if they don't adopt some purpose and work on the same big questions, not there's not a, a lot you can do to actually solve those questions. So pretty much for these questions to be answered, you need a lot more people on board than just your nonprofits or non-governments or even the governments. There's no way they can act alone. So the problem is twofolded. One side, the tech innovators have a lot of money, but not a lot of impact. And on the other side, they, the, the purpose innovators have a lot of a lot of ideas to solve problems, but they don't have the impact economically to really change things. So we at One Life, we have to think, what does that mean for us? We have to find out how we can find a way to incorporate both, how we can bridge a gap that is obviously between the two, and how we can play the benefits of both sides without collapsing. And what we decided was we are a purpose-driven business. We, we, we do have a strong purpose. Uh, the, the reason why this company exists and why it's called One Life is purpose. So we had two major areas that we wanted to focus on. One, we wanted health. We wanted healthier users. We wanted to focus on their health and we wanted to make things better around people's health. So that that's the thing we wanted to increase, make better health. And then on the downside of this ratio that we wanted to build was that we also at the same time wanted to protect the climate. We couldn't ignore that if you find a solution, a technological solution that makes things better for our users, but at the same time damages the planet, that this is kind of a paradox situation because you, you, you make things better for one generation that is out there right now, but you make things more difficult for the next generation by damaging the planet, by leaving a climate footprint that's not responsible. So we had to increase user health and at the same time, minimize our carbon footprint, minimize our impact on the environment. So, and only if these two things came together, we would find a balance in which we could operate. And if we broke down that, we, 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 we saw that people spend about 90% of their time indoors. And right now with the pandemic, with Corona, with COVID-19, you see that people spend a lot more time indoors a lot of time at home, but indoors, we were, we were constantly indoors. We, we hardly spent any time outside. So these 90% of our time, we had to look at all the health factors that, in, that, that impact that time. And one of the major impact factors we found was the air that people breathe. So indoors, our air is not very good and most people don't even realize how bad the situation is. And in some areas of the world, it's obviously much worse than others, but we are all exposed to incredible 
air pollution indoors. And so we wanted to fix that problem because it, it leads to all kinds of diseases as problems for people's, people with allergies or asthma, uh, all kinds of respiratory diseases, and all the way up to brain damage and, and heart attacks that are caused by pollution indoors. So we had to fix this problem and we wanted to do it differently. Um, we had to do it differently because we came with a different purpose. So we wanted, obviously, we wanted it to be more effective than other systems. We wanted it to clean the air clinically clean. We wanted it to capture even the smallest particles because we knew those particles are the most damaging because they enter your body and they stay in your body. They enter your bloodstream. They end up in your heart, lungs, and obviously sometimes even in your brain, and they have incredibly damaging effects. So that we had to target. We wanted a more effective. That was part one. Part two, we also wanted to be very green because we said, yes, more health, but less climate impact. So we had to be two things. We had to be absolutely conscious about the waste we produce, and we didn't want to produce any waste. Meaning for most air purification systems, which is what we're doing, you have a filter that you have to replace. Well, the, re the, the filter that you have to replace, the, the dirty one ends up in the trash. And from then on, it can't be recycled it basically has to be burned at some point, which means all the stuff that you filtered from the air ends up back in the air. That's obviously not very green and it doesn't make any sense. It's not efficient. So we wanted to change that by saying our filter can't be replaced. It, it doesn't have to be replaced to be a better system. And the other thing we wanted was we have to have a very, very low energy profile. If we use a lot of electricity to run our system, that's kind of, that's that's the worst you can do to the climate in long-term thinking. And that's, we leave another problem for the next generation that we just solve for the generation at hand. That can't obviously be what we're doing. So that, that was the second thing. Uh, we wanted to be more effective and we wanted it to be a green technology. And at the same time, we were thinking there must be something about the design that has to change. And we were looking at human-centered design. So we decided that our design approach, it would be something where the machine goes into the, blends into the background. It has to look like something that's not a high-tech product. Didn't want the technology to look like technology. So what we came up with, it's, it's more of a furniture approach to the technology. Um, it, it doesn't look like technology, but the really important part to us was we wanted it to be non-disruptive because if you're a tech innovator, you, you kind of want your technology to be disruptive and yet we want to be disruptive for the market and we want the technology to be disruptive that we developed but we don't want the design to be disruptive meaning we don't want it to distract you from your life we want this to be 24 7 in the background fully automatic it doesn't distract you with anything not the design and not the noise, it has to be absolutely silent. There's no question you want to run this at night because why would you stop having clean air at night because your machine is too loud? Doesn't make any sense. So that had to be solved too, non-disruptive design. And when you look at purpose-driven innovation like this with all the restrictions that we listed um, and then the markets we looked at, what we found with the users of those technologies is an interesting effect that happens everywhere where you start with a purpose question rather than a technology and that is that many people don't know how bad their air is or don't know that there is a problem so you start with a group of people that 
don't realize the problem. And if they don't know, they obviously don't care. And if they don't care, they don't act, meaning they don't buy your machine. And if they don't care and act, they are also not going to change. So what you really want as a purpose innovator is for people to change things because you rely on them to change things for the better. So you have the impact that you want. Your whole contribution as a purpose innovator is to make people change things. This is the whole game. But if they don't know, they're not going to care. And if they don't care, they're not going to act. And if they don't act, they're not going to change. So really the difference here for us became the technology itself is one part of the business model, but there has to be this whole other part where we move people from knowing about the problem. We have to educate them. We have to teach them. We have to find all kinds of ways to inform people about what's going on with indoor air. And then we have to make them care. They have to make each other care. They have to start caring for others in terms of their air. And then we have to move them to act. And then once they start acting, once they start cleaning their air with or without our product, but at least they do something about it, then you have the chance to actually change things about health indoors while not damaging the planet, which is ultimately where we wanted to end up. And the whole thing came turning around when we decided that it is more important to focus on who we are serving than it is to focus on with what, with, with what, with which technology. So we didn't focus on the technology only. We had to focus mostly on who is going to use that technology, how they're going to use it. Do they know enough? Are they going to act because they care? And only if they did that, we could actually bring the technology that solves the problem effectively. But you can't do one without the other. Of course, you have to have a technology that actually does the job. But part of your job as a purpose innovator is to create change by moving people from knowing to caring to acting to changing things. Now, we, we as One Life, we define our purpose as we want to improve your health indoors because that's why you spend so much time. But we also want to protect the planet we live on because one without the other didn't make any sense to us. And we're very excited because now you see them pop up everywhere. You see health tech innovators. You see people taking on big questions with technologies. They're using emerging technologies to solve really big questions. Rather than going after convenience and efficiency alone, we see progress because the talent of the next generation decides to go with purpose-driven companies rather than going after companies that just tackle convenience and efficiency, which is also, this is a good game and those are good companies and they might have great values, but really we see a whole generation coming up that cares about the purpose of a company more than they care about the profits. And obviously, purpose-driven companies have to be profitable to exist because I said in the beginning, there's no way that an economically not viable business is going to have the impact that it needs to compete with corporations around the world, with politicians who follow corporations and with politicians who want to get reelected. So you can't rely on the traditional sources of change or 
regulation, you have to trust that if you tackle a big question as an innovator out there and you set the right restrictions for yourself, that you will find solutions that build a great business, but at the same time solve a real problem. And for that, I wish you all the best of luck. And I, I can't wait to hear your opinion. Are you more of a tech innovator? Are you thinking about becoming a purpose innovator? Are you confused by anything about this? Let me know. And um, let's talk again soon. Stay safe.